Welcome to the Why Not Podcast with me, Chrissy Hawkins. In a world where everybody always asks why, I'm here to ask, why not? I'll be breaking down the mindsets of guests as well as my own in a bit to find out what makes people say, why not? Hi guys, and welcome back to Why Not? So today I have an interview with Meg Sloan. So Meg is a self-worth coach. What that is, you might be asking? Well, basically she helps people who are people pleasers and self-sabotagers overcome fear and truly put themselves first and cultivate a sense of of self-worth. I think it's something we all really need some more of and Meg is really championing that for people and making them for once put themselves first and feel good about themselves podcast we talk about how she does kind of techniques she does with people it's a really interesting podcast so we do talk about how she deals with clients and her background in therapy and how that helps and guys as ever sit back relax or walk and listen whatever way you want to enjoy here's my podcast with Meg Sloan Hi guys and welcome back to Why Not Podcast. Today I've got Meg Sloan with me. So Meg is a self-worth coach and I'm going to let Meg explain a little bit more to you guys what that is. So hi Meg, welcome to the podcast. Hi Chrissy, thank you for having me. Thanks for coming on. So would you like to explain to everyone what a self-worth coach is because I think you would explain it better than me. <laughs> I feel like a lot of people read the word self-worth and they're like what even is that? Um <laughs> So generally, I help people pleasers and self-sabotage to overcome fear, start to truly put themselves first and to kind of cultivate this inner sense of self-worth. What I found was that a lot of people, a lot of their struggles were tied to not valuing themselves. So I find that's where a lot of it starts, whether that's to do with relationships or their career or just like their general sense of self so we work on that with a lot with people but it can go into a lot of areas as I'm sure we'll cover throughout the podcast today (laughs) that is actually it's really interesting because as you're saying that you're I was just like oh yeah that is like I'd say what 90% of the population yeah yeah definitely I mean we all have a bit of people pleasing tendencies and a bit of self-sabotaging tendencies definitely definitely I know I'm I've done it many a time yes what what led you to get into this like what brought you down this path so I originally started out as a therapist um I say originally it took me quite a while to get there um I actually did criminology as like my undergrad degree um because I was 18 didn't know what to do with my life and was like that sounds interesting and then got to the end of that degree and realized oh I actually need to like work out what job I want to do and I didn't want to go into like the police or the prison service, but I did volunteer on like a mental health helpline. Um, and I found that really fulfilling, really interesting. And I knew that was the route I wanted to go down. So then I did a psychology conversion degree and I did that classic thing of thinking, oh, a psychology degree, that'll mean I'll be able to walk into a job as a therapist. I knew that was the direction I wanted to go in. But actually, when you get into it, you learn that it's a lot more than that. Um, so I had to do a bit more training but then I ended up as a therapist working in the NHS in the UK um, and I really enjoyed that job a lot but then when lockdown hit last year I had so much time to think and I started doing a lot of the self-development stuff that I've always been interested in but I procrastinated on it a lot when I was busy 
so then I started to like actually sit down and do a lot of the work um, and like have workshops like I literally had a procrastinating workshop that I had procrastinated on so I actually sat down and did that um, and I started to like learn a lot more about myself and I started to realize that the job I was doing I wasn't actually happy in um, and that came as quite a big shock because obviously as I said I worked for it for quite a long time um so then I started to get clear on what it was I didn't like about it because there was a lot of elements that I really enjoyed and a lot of it was to do with kind of the structure of the NHS and kind of feeling quite restricted and I learned that freedom was actually something that was really important to me and then I got my own life coaching um to help me with that decision and the coach just said to me one day do you want to be a therapist or do you want to be a life coach and I was like I actually really want to be a life coach but as a therapist, it was quite like a forbidden word. It was like, you mentioned life coach and they like kind of roll their eyes. Oh, really? Yeah, yeah. Like a lot of people don't know what it is or they think like really woo and like Americanized and, and all that kind of stuff. Um. So yeah, but then once I made that decision, I mean, I did kind of dilly dally on it for a while. It took me a while to get like my Instagram set up, but that's when I decided that's what I want to do. And then the business has kind of evolved from there. So it's been quite a long time in the making, but I started this officially kind of August last year. Oh, wow. So you have kind of done a big kind of turnaround. Like, well, it's not been a long time since you started. Yeah, yeah. Um, I think when I found coaching, I was like, this is what I've kind of been looking for. Um, I just find the freedom that comes with it because I'm able to use my therapeutic tools, but I've also been doing a coaching qualification. I'm just able to bring like, my full self whereas when I was a therapist I did feel quite restricted um but yeah as soon as I decided I did go a bit kind of full throttle um and ended up leaving my job in April um this year um and that wasn't because of the business that was just because of like lockdown fatigue um and I needed a break um but yeah then I went just full in on the coaching and have been doing it since then how did actually people react to you leaving a job in the NHS for self-employment? Um, it was interesting because the job that I trained in and I'd been doing for quite a while, I left that in August last year. Um, I went to like a new place. I was doing the same job, but I went to a new place. So I'd already kind of made that jump and said goodbye to a lot of my colleagues. And I was quite concerned about my new colleagues finding my Instagram, I remember. And at one point I was like, should I make it private? But then I was like, well, then I'm limiting the people that I could reach as coaching clients. Um, so I did actually have to tell them as well as part of like their HR policy. And they were really cool about it. Um, I think a lot of it was coming from my own head as well. And then when I left my job, I was convinced at least one person in my life would be like, that's not a good idea. Why are you doing that? But actually everyone was so supportive. I think a lot of people could see that the coaching was really important to me and how much I lit up when I spoke about it and things like that so everyone was really supportive but I definitely had those thoughts before of like oh my god like am I really right to be leaving this job like is this a good step for me and it took a long time for me to get there but funny enough everyone was actually really supportive I mean secretly their minds might be thinking what the hell is she doing but at the minute it feels like everyone's supportive <laughs> but once they don't say it to you that's the main thing isn't it yeah yeah because you you have all that doubt yourself like you don't need anybody else influencing that and adding to that so I'm really grateful that all my friends and family are on the same page as me. Do you think that it was the lockdown that forced you to think about it more? No like I definitely think having the time to think like definitely influenced my decision because like so many of us like I just wasn't 
like slowing down and really thinking about what I was doing and I wasn't like evaluating where I was or like setting myself goals or anything like that I think once you do get out of kind of like formal education or you know structures where they do kind of set goals for you it's hard to do that for yourself so having the literal time in lockdown to do nothing else kind of made me reflect and think is this what I want and then actually like start to set myself goals um but yeah like before that I was happily kind of just going day to day feeling a bit dissatisfied but not actually realizing the extent that I did want to change things up yeah do you find a lot of people are like that like clients you're, you're getting their clients you're getting during lockdown were they finding a lot of the same issues yeah definitely I think lockdown kind of highlighted a lot of issues um and there was no other way to distract yourself um because there was just literally so much time so I think it did kind of shine a light on things that people have maybe been able to avoid with like going into work and having a social life for sure as I said you're a self-worth coach and you were saying some of the things you deal with are people pleasing and self-sabotage can you explain them a little bit I think a lot of people have heard them before but I think it's nice to if you're not fully certain what it is could you explain them yeah definitely because we hear it all the time but yeah like you say you might not be totally aware if you are doing those things So with people pleasing, it's basically putting everybody else's needs before your own. And there's a lot of different things that can come with that. So some of the things you might notice might be um, never having time for yourself, um, but also like avoiding conflict and making yourself unhappy in order to make other people happy and just generally not really considering your needs. With self-sabotaging, it's kind of a similar mechanism almost but it's like getting in your own way. So you're still kind of not recognizing your own needs, but you're doing something that is getting in the way of that. I think the main one that I see is procrastination. Um, And a lot of people think procrastination means that they're lazy, but actually what I find is that procrastination is usually avoiding some kind of fear. Um, So a lot of people think, well, if I give my full effort to whatever it is, whether that's like a project for work or a business or a hobby, then if I fail, I won't have any excuse. But if I procrastinate and do it in like one hour instead of the like two weeks I have, then I can say, oh, well, it wasn't that great because I didn't give it my full effort. Um, But there's other ways you can self-sabotage as well. And I've actually been running a series on Instagram about that. And there's so many great episodes like going into it with like money and things like that. So again, it's kind of what we were saying before about like kind of distracting from the problem. So people might spend money on like online shopping or they might um, indulge in overeating and things like that and kind of distract from the problem. Um, But ultimately, like I say, that's getting in the way of what they truly need. Okay. Would you say you fall victim to both of them in your in your time? Yeah. Yes. Literally, my my series is about that because I've had all the experts say, like, when have you self-sabotage? What's that been like for you? And I'm sure all of us can relate to self-sabotaging and people pleasing like we all have elements of it um so a lot of my coaching is around acknowledging that and showing that it's normal um and that we all experience it whether we're a therapist a coach pt whoever um but then finding ways to move out of that so that we are truly kind of honoring our needs and showing that they're important yeah you're you're right there it's like some of the stuff you were talking about there especially said procrastination I was like that's me (laughs) yeah Yeah. I talk about this and I've literally been procrastinating like recently like I was saying like how ironic that I'm self-sabotaging in the middle of my self-sabotage series but 
I think the key is just becoming aware of it and starting to notice when you're doing it but we all do it no one is immune at all yeah and do you think um those kind of things bring a lot of like negative self-talk oh yeah for sure because what it does is it kind of goes into those stories that we tell ourselves like with, with procrastination it is well I'm lazy I don't get things done um, and with people pleasing it's that you know I'm not a good friend so even if we are actually bending over backwards to help the people in our lives we still somehow get it to kind of reinforce that story that we're not a good friend or we're not a good person to be around so all of these behaviors do just reinforce those stories that we're telling ourselves yeah are the are the things you teach people for say self-sabotage similar to people pleasing or would they be kind of different um no they usually are quite similar because it is kind of like stripping it back like I say when it is something that's getting in the way of what you actually want it is becoming aware of it because you can't change something if you're not aware of it and then it's um getting clarity on what that person wants so what they would like things to look like so usually that's like well what would things look like if you weren't to put other people's needs before yourself or what could life look like for you if you weren't self-sabotaging how would you like things to be and then we work out the steps that are going to get them there and then just kind of tackle the obstacles that will come up along the way so if that self-sabotage just reappear it's about again acknowledging it becoming aware of it but being compassionate with ourselves as well because like we said before we all do it so beating yourself up even more isn't going to help <laughs> no definitely not yeah when you ask people about what they would like their life to be like do they struggle to come come with an answer to that what I usually find is people are very good at describing what they don't want their life to be like. So it'll be, you know, well, I don't want to people please anymore or I don't want to feel not confident at work. Like I don't want to make mistakes. It, that comes up a lot. So then it's about kind of flipping it into the positive. Um, because if we're always focusing on what we don't want, we usually kind of subconsciously get into that. So mm. then it's about thinking, OK, well, if you were more confident or if you were to put yourself first, what would that look like for you? Um, because although I see a lot of clients who are coming with similar things, I always just think it's so important for the person themselves to come up with what they want things to be like, because it is different for everyone, even if we yeah. all have kind of common threads running through it. Oh yeah, it is always individual how it works for them. But I know, yeah, there's like common style themes and stuff, but it's going to be different for everyone. Yeah, because we, with our clients, we'll see a lot of the same things, but it's, it's, really important to not always like assume that they're coming with that same thing um and obviously for the person this might be the first time they've like acknowledged that this is going on for them or um like started to really self-reflect so it's just really important that they they come up with their own answers um and I think a lot of people come to like any kind of coaching or teaching thinking we're going to give them all the answers and yes we guide them but a lot of the time they know themselves what's important to them yeah do you get any kickback when you get them to do it themselves? Do you know what I mean? Like you said, they they come to you asking, looking for the answers and then you're like, well, what do you think? And today be like, hold on a minute, this is why I came to you. You're supposed to tell me. Yeah, that's my favourite one. I say, well, what do you think? I think um, I put up something on Instagram about this recently of like about decisions and like making decisions. And it's like, you have, like I tell people like, you know the answers, you really do. You've just got to let them come through. And a lot of it is, kind of going beneath that self-talk because we tell ourselves about what we can and can't achieve um 
but yeah but they're like yeah but what do you think and I'm like no what do you think so there's a few there's a little bit of back and forth around that um so yeah there is usually kickback but if they give themselves a the time and space they usually do know and then sometimes as well if it's really not coming through I get them to start taking action because clarity often comes through action which I'm sure you've heard before um but actually experimenting with things and knowing that if it doesn't work out that's okay as well because now you've learned that's what you don't want and then that will give you more information about what you do want if that makes sense yeah it is it's just because it didn't work doesn't mean it's complete failures kind of as well that as well yeah you've learned from you've learned okay no I don't like this as opposed to I'm never trying again (laughs) yeah yeah exactly and things always change as well so it's good to like just try things out because things that you've tried before you can try them again in like a couple of years and things change like I've had so many experiences with that like I've ended up getting into a lot of spiritual stuff which if you asked me like two years ago I would be like that's absolute crap like no one that can't be true like that's not a thing um but actually now that my beliefs and you know situations changed it's like become a really essential part of my life would any of that stuff uh, you would have done before would that have come in with the therapy as well would any of that cross the line or would the with the therapy would they be like no that's silly <laughs> that's too woo woo as you said like yeah um it's funny because mindfulness is becoming really really popular um it has been for quite a few years now actually but it's definitely being used a lot more in the therapy space um I think a lot of the misconceptions with therapy is that um like there's only one type of therapy um because I hear a lot about the kind of comparison of coaching to therapy is that therapy focuses on the past whereas what I was trained in was low intensity CBT cognitive behavioral therapy which quite a lot of people have heard of and that actually always focuses on the here and now and what you can kind of control in that um so yeah I've kind of lost my train of thought for question uh what were we talking about there (laughs) oh the woo-woo stuff coming in yeah so mindfulness is becoming really popular within CBT as well um but yeah I wouldn't go too woo-woo that's mindfulness can be um like non-spiritual as well Mm. um so there's like elements that I can see creeping in but it wouldn't be as much as what I use in my coaching now which again is where the freedom comes in for me because I like being able to bring all of my experiences to my sessions but equally I'm led by the client too so if a client's not spiritual I wouldn't say well you need to become spiritual um but I have the freedom to bring that stuff in if it feels appropriate all right would you had like obviously without going into too much detail would you had certain rules you had to follow as part of the NHS yeah. like you couldn't do certain things and yeah well it has to be all evidence-based and um, mm. which obviously has its merits because you know you don't want people um I remember one of the lectures when I was training was like you can't just be you know crystal healing and things like that you can't be doing that in sessions which I totally get because then everyone could just make up their own rules um but I do think there's certain elements of the non-evidence-based stuff that can be helpful for people um and like I say I'm just always led by the client if there's something I think that can be helpful I will bring it up with them if they say actually I tried that and it didn't work for me then we'll adapt or we'll try something else yeah that seems sounds like it works a lot better in a sense for you do you know what I mean you can provide a better experience without that's not the words I'm trying to say (laughs) yeah you know what I mean like a broader like there's more things you can do with the client you know what I mean as I said your freedom so if you think something's a good idea you don't have to go oh am I allowed to do that yeah yeah let's go let's try this out 
yeah because there was always that layer of me just making sure that I was being correct um and also there's like things of like you're not allowed to be political within um like therapy um you're always meant to stay quite neutral um which sometimes is quite hard because sometimes people would ask your opinions and things like that and there's all sorts of things in therapy about um, self-disclosure, which is like sharing your own experiences with the client. Some people actually really frown upon it. Some people have the mindset that the therapist needs to be the expert and they should be never really sharing their experiences. Whereas literally that is my jam. Like I love telling the client, like I've been where you are, like I've had the exact same experience and relating to them on that level. Um, so yeah, there was a few different elements where I would have to be more I guess reserved whereas now I feel like I can be totally myself which is what I'm getting my clients to do so it feels a lot more authentic yeah I get you actually that's interesting that they they tell you to in a sense to hold it back in some some scenarios because you kind of think it's the whole part of it being relatable and knowing the person you're talking to has gone through stuff like that for me anyway I think would make things so much better not better yeah. but you know what I mean like you'd feel more at ease with them you'd feel like okay I'm not one yeah. better word crazy yeah yeah definitely and I think ethics is one of those things where it's quite hard like you can never really draw a line like there's always kind of gray areas and they did leave a lot of it to us as well um but there are just more kind of guidelines and things like that um but there's pros and cons to both as well because coaching is unregulated so there are people who can just show up and be like I'm a coach and they have no training and I think it's really important to hold space for people in a way that's safe um so yeah there's kind of pros and cons to both um you know I love therapy and I loved being a therapist and I've always said I might change my mind and go back to that um, and that would be okay but at the minute the coaching side feels good for me and like I say I really do feel like I'm being authentically myself which is what I've always wanted that is the main thing yeah. And I know you mentioned there about it being unregulated. Do you come across many people where you're just like, you need to stop this now? <laughs> to be honest, it's all the business coaches in my DMs. And I know you posted about this on Instagram. Like, I'm just like, you've not read my profile like at all. And yeah. just going straight in for the sale. And I'm like, do you not want to get to know me first? It's like going on a first date and like going straight to the relationship. Like, you need to get to know me first and buy me dinner. <laughs> um, those are usually the ones that I find are maybe being a bit unethical. Um, but yeah, I don't know. Like I surround myself with quite a lot of people who are very like-minded to me. So I haven't come across too many life coaches where I think, oh, I'm not sure about that. So like I say, it's more the, the business coach side of things where it's a bit uh, sketchy. <laughs> They're a bit dodgy, all right. Yeah, yeah. Uh, yeah no, I'm, I'm kind of the same. Like it's the same in the fitness industry. Like if you want to start say for instance an online coaching business if you have enough followers you can do it without a qualification which kind of right. gets gets them to out of their skin a bit but uh, and then of course they like if some people are giving dodgy advice as well because well they have the platform they decided it works and people will, will buy it you know um yeah but I don't see them very often I kind of forgot they existed for quite a while because I do yeah. only follow people who talk about like who are like no let's do a balance let's do it properly and it's kind of funny yeah. it sounds like those business coaches coming to your dms you're like you you remind me there's still charlatans yeah. out there <laughs> yeah yeah we do we're on a bit of an echo chamber which is good in some respects and not in other ways but yeah you do just forget that there's people out there I also think it makes me forget that there's people out there that don't know about like self-development and like mindset work and like you know the mindsets that we might have mm. um because everyone in my space is talking about the same thing um 
so yeah it's definitely one of those things that makes you think sometimes but there'll always be someone in the message request who reminds you of the other people out there yeah, do you think actually the thing about social media do you think that is causing a lot more um issues with people like say as you said people who are in your kind of space like people pleasers or like self-sabotage like do you feel that that can cause them way more like more anxiety more more problems along the way like you watching other people or yeah yeah I find that the comparison piece so comparing your life to others um is massive on social media and because social media is largely unregulated there are people presenting things which aren't aren't authentic um Mm like the things spring to mind is like the Kardashians and photoshopping so it's completely unrealistic um but people sometimes don't see that um and particularly like you know the younger generation I do think you know girls who are like 14 15 like what do they think because in my age we were barely having like mobile phones never mind like Instagram and TikTok and everything like that I think um, we just about got camera phones when I was their age not even uh, flip phones and uh I had a Blackberry as well at some point, um, but I think they're like not cool anymore. No, probably <laughs> um, not. <laughs> yeah. Um, but yeah, so there's just so much more out there now. Um, and I find as well, funny enough, that social media is the way that I would tend to self-sabotage by consuming other people's content. Um, and there's so much research out there now that says that, you know, it does have an effect on self-esteem, anxiety levels, uh, stress levels, like all of those things. And it's quite rare that I feel good after being on social media. So again, it's like that kind of self-awareness piece of how is that activity making you feel and then making a more intentional choice around that. Yeah, that's true. What kind of things can you put in place with your social media do you find that can help you feel less comparison-y? It's definitely having some form of boundaries. Um, for me that looks like not following people who make me feel like crap um that always helps um I didn't follow all the Kardashians like I'm a reality tv junkie but just following them made me feel like crap so yeah they were gone um if there's people in your life you can also like meet them rather than unfollow if you don't want to kind of cause any arguments um and then being like I say intentional about um like when you're using it um so I log out of all my social media on the weekends because I found that I was spending my weekends looking at what other people were doing rather than like actually being present in my weekend um so yeah like deleting the apps or staying out of them kind of putting something in between because a lot of us are so like um automatic when we go on our phones we just immediately go Facebook or Instagram um so actually logging out of them puts that other step in being like do I actually want to go on this right now um and then maybe you screen time things as well because I know Apple put in like you can put in like oh you've been on your phone for like an, a couple hours now like do you want to still continue and just having those little things that break the kind of automatic pilot that we all kind of get into when it comes to social media yeah that's a good one I thought I I haven't added screen time in can only imagine if you're scrolling through your phone and you, you just got a notification going yeah you know you've been on this long yeah. <laughs> okay sorry <laughs> <laughs> yeah sometimes I did just ignore it and be like yeah whatever I'm just going to keep scrolling but so sometimes it is enough so it's just about being really honest with yourself of like is this what I want to be doing right now and then doing little things that can help you to like break that habit a little bit someone as well some phones I know there's an app you can download but there's also some phones have it on it where you can actually block your apps for certain periods of time yeah so I found that one brilliant I have one um and I what I find is I start going to other things to like use to scroll yeah, yeah. <laughs> procrastinate but like 
there's only so much YouTube I can watch I'm not into YouTube so <laughs> yeah yeah you, honestly I um avoided downloading TikTok for so long because I knew I would get addicted and then I thought I saw you doing so well on it and I was like okay I need to get on TikTok and start making videos and I've been scrolling for hours and I know they don't have the time at the top and I'm like that's got to be like some kind of tactic to make you forget how long you've been on it because I can spend hours there and not even realize oh, I'm the same it's like I think they have max three minute videos now but like most of the time it's it's max one minute and yeah. you're just kind of like oh, I'm only watching like one minute videos and next thing it's two hours later and like what the hell happened yeah yeah so having like some kind of like timer on a reminder um to like help you like realize okay I've been on here like a little bit longer than I anticipated just something to break it up and kind of interrupt that behavior um but it is hard yeah that um mute button you mentioned as well on Instagram is amazing especially yeah I think if you're someone as a people pleaser and you don't want your friend to see you that you've like unfollowed them but they're causing you grief yeah that mute thing they have no idea yeah no definitely and it is okay okay to unfollow people as well like I've seen so many posts saying like just because you're unfollowing people on social media doesn't mean you're unfollowing them in real life and I think we forget that because our lives are Mm. so like entrenched with social media now like it feels like they're not even separate um but yeah if you are like struggling and sometimes I just mute people for a little bit like if I find I'm going through a stressful time and it's just that time that I want to not see their content um it can be helpful for that as well yeah I find that as well I just um like me like like that I'd feel in a sense bad if I unfollow them if they're people yeah. I know if it's someone I don't know and they're boring me I'm gone yeah. <laughs> but if yeah. it's like but the mute button yet yeah, it's been a godsend and then you realize you don't notice when they're gone until a few weeks later when you're scrolling you're like, I haven't seen anything through that I haven't been mad in a week about something yeah 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 it is really helpful um but yeah I think a lot of people don't even realize that of you know the people that you see day on day really do impact on the way that you're feeling so you can take those steps to kind of take back that control yeah you mentioned boundaries there earlier as well which is kind of we're talking around boundaries here but what do you think people struggle to set boundaries yes and I think people really struggle to enforce them as well um so if someone crosses a boundary I think it's really hard to say that's actually not okay with me um and I'm speaking from personal experience there as well um but yeah and I think like we're just not taught to have boundaries like um in the culture that we live in it's just all you know be there for everyone do everything I literally just posted them on Instagram last night of like you don't have to do everything all the time um I think it's just so ingrained in us that we just think that's what we have to do but you can actually choose what you want to do and what you don't want to do and in relationships what is okay with you and what isn't okay with you um but yeah a lot of people have never really had that mindset before so if I ask them that question they're like oh I'm, I'm not sure like I'm not sure what I want out of that um so yeah so setting them is hard and enforcing them is hard as well definitely I do you find they've gotten any better because of lockdown with boundaries because you kind of had that time to set by or they kind of as we're coming out it's gone the flip side you're like oh well, I have to go to all do this because I've, I've lost the last year or so I think there's a bit of both I think there's a lot of people who are quite apprehensive about the world reopening um and are trying to protect that like I guess me time where they are spending more time on their own or just with a partner or whoever they live with um and there is the flip side where people are getting out and about um but I so everyone I've spoke to said they're just exhausted because we're not used to that much kind of interaction Mm -hmm. um 
like even just like running errands and things like that like I don't know about you but I literally had only been the supermarket for like months and then even just like bars reopening or like uh reopening like going for my I get my like eyebrows done it only takes 10 minutes but that social interaction could like wear me out um I think it's just about being aware of that because I think we all just think we went into lockdown and we were like good with it straight away but it did take a lot of us a long time to adjust to it and it's the same coming out um but we will adjust to it it's just about you know being aware of that and pacing yourself and protecting that time that might be infiltrated now by social plans um a lot of my clients I've been speaking to recently we've just been saying think about how much you want to spend time either on your own or in the house or doing something just for you and protect that time in your diary like schedule it almost like it's a meeting with someone or um, going out um, and put it in your calendar and then if like a plan comes up and you want to do it you can always switch it so for example say you decide Saturday mornings that's when I'm going to have like my self-care time um, or just spend time with my partner if someone wants to go for breakfast on Saturday you can swap it to Sunday morning but mm. if if Sunday's full and like Saturday afternoon's full you can say well actually I, I don't have that time in my schedule right now and and do it another time but keeping that time protected can be really important just so that you are like I say pacing yourself and refilling your cup up rather than just going full throttle without thinking about it yeah I think it's very easy to go like that isn't it it's just like well I can now so why shouldn't I yeah yeah and like I was totally like that before lockdown like I realized all of my weekends were filled um and then having it all wiped out was actually such a big relief and so I'm trying to be more intentional to not go back to that as well um and just yeah taking it slow yeah I've been a bit like that with work like I did say before uh, because we because we have the like we're open seven days or just something on seven days so it didn't work Sundays but there was the odd time where y'all cover the classes yeah and you're like you're taking that day away from me so when I came back I was like no yeah I'm not doing this you're on your own for that one yeah yeah and knowing that that's okay um and they will survive they'll find someone else to do it or they can make other arrangements but that losing that day or that morning to you could like be the difference between you like burning out or feeling good yeah so to everyone out there if you're struggling to set boundaries do them (laughs) yeah yeah it is it is difficult like I'm not gonna not gonna lie but it's so worth it like it's it's just so worth it yeah it definitely is okay so I think that is most of the questions I have for you other than my big question that you've had the last 40 minutes to think about yeah (laughs) so I asked this everyone so what is the best piece of advice you've ever gotten and you are allowed more than one because I've let everyone else do more than one so I've been thinking about this because my mum gives me a lot of great advice um and I think it is do what makes you happy because when I was thinking about quitting my job I was thinking about everybody else so I was thinking about all the clients my colleagues my manager and my mum was like what do you want to do though like you need to do what makes you happy and I realized that that job wasn't making me happy anymore even though I felt those like kind of I guess like loyalties to to all those other people um so yeah and I think if you just live by that in life it would be really good it's not always easy easy as it says um sorry easier said than done but yeah yeah, doing what makes you happy is definitely one of those things I really want to live by uh you're totally right though because like you can't make everyone else happy and forget yourself so I think it's good like it sounds simple it's not simple but it's definitely important 
yeah I think that's one of the biggest things that people say to me is like but I'm so busy like I don't have time for self-care and it's like self-care actually makes the other things easier like you're more present you're more efficient if you give a bit of time to yourself and um, even if it feels hard at first um so yeah prioritizing your own needs feels selfish but it's definitely not selfish no not at all and also if you check that screen time you'll find time in there that you could be doing self-care exactly exactly just be honest with yourself and yeah looking at that screen time will give you a reality check real quick <laughs> yeah definitely <laughs> okay so thanks for joining us today meg where can everybody find you um so i largely hang out on instagram my um handle is meg underscore sloan underscore and i also have a website which is megsloan.co.uk um, and I'm actually hosting a workshop quite soon. I'm not sure when the episode's coming out, but it's going to be on the 19th of July, the workshop. Is this going to come out beforehand? Yeah, it's going to come out um, this Friday. So yeah, tell us, oh, all, about the, tell us yeah. all about the workshop. So it's going to be on journaling and meditation because those are the two tools that I find for myself and my clients um, helps to get in touch with what you actually want um, and helps to remove all of those kind of limiting beliefs and societal things that we tell ourselves. Um, so yeah, so it's going to be for anyone who has never done it before, um, but also people who have done it and maybe not got on with it because my kind of mission in life is to help everyone find tools that work for them so there's going to be plenty of adaptations to the kind of traditional methods um but also if you try them before and you just want a bit of a refresh so um all the deals are um there's like a pop-up on my website so you can find it through there okay brilliant so guys i would highly recommend signing up to that as well and it's not going to be woo-woo the stuff's very very good and no. very beneficial no you can put in as much woo as you want but yeah it's going to be a very practical tip so don't worry about that <laughs> I love that as much woo as you want so woo is optional yeah the woo is definitely <laughs> optional but I do recommend it because I love it <laughs> yeah. okay so and as ever you can find me on Instagram it's Chrissy H Fit and also on TikTok at Chrissy H Fit I just don't end up on it for two hours after <laughs> so thanks again for joining us Meg no worries thank you for having me thank you again for listening to the why not podcast it really means a lot that you are listening in and I would love if you could please leave a review on apple Podcasts or subscribe on spotify and always I love to hear feedback personally so if you do want to leave me a message let me know how you found the podcast please do